Welcome to Two Peas in a Pod. I'm Max Pisano. And I'm Joseph Pisano. Each week, we'll be talking real estate, banking and mortgages, sharing insights into local real estate markets and behind-the-scenes views on the bank's policies on mortgages and investment loans. We'll be discussing real-life examples and also give you an opportunity to ask questions so that you can make better informed decisions. Hi, Joseph, and uh, good to see you again for this week's podcast. How have you been? I haven't been too bad. Thanks, Max. What have you been up to? I noticed you've been playing a little bit of badminton in the yeah. backyard. How's that going for you? Not bad. I haven't been winning, though. So uh, up against Riley in the uh, backyard there, on a makeshift uh, uh, nets, and uh, the old badminton comes out, which is uh, – I don't think I've ever played badminton. <laughs> so. I think the last time I played badminton was back in uh, – in my old days of Trinity Regional College in Brunswick with the boys there. So it's been quite some time. But it's good that you're keeping fit, which is obviously very important during this, um, uh, you know, I hate to call it lockdown. People are calling it lockdown, but, uh, you know, this isolation mode. So it's uh, it's definitely important to stay fit. Hey, I normally Friday nights, um, well, not every Friday, but uh, we often... Uh, go down to TGI Fridays. Thank God it's Fridays at Chadston. And I've got to tell you that um, it's interesting because we'll talk a little bit about commercial leases this week, but it was like a ghost town, Joe. Um, we went to pick up, because some of these restaurants obviously are doing take-home meals and, and yeah. takeaway. In particular, TGI was doing like uh, a burger pack. You know, you, you pick up four burgers and they give you all the ingredients and everything else. And and I parked upstairs where I normally park and I've got to tell you, it was like two cars, two cars in the car park. I went inside the um, the premises and it was myself, a couple of others waiting for food, I think probably an Uber Eats driver, and then the manager, one chef, the manager and a waitress, and that restaurant was just totally empty, as was that whole strip upstairs with Hoyts. And it was just so eerie. I mean, I, I really felt for the guys. So 100 points for for trying to, you know, make the most of a bad situation, but they've certainly got to be hurting. I mean... What have you seen out there, Joe, walking around in, in your neck of the woods with regards to some of the commercial tenancies? Well, I suppose um, lately what I've been seeing, that's something that I've noticed also, and I actually um, was out last night and um, funny enough we had takeaway. We had uh, uh, my daughter actually works at part-time at a chicken chicken place and that actually seemed to be quite busy, um, but their business is takeaway. Um, and I was talking to the owner there and he said, yeah, they're a little bit down and all that. But I did notice um, another thing that was quite interesting, like a friend of mine actually let me know of a new place that had actually opened up and um, he's doing Subalakis and he's doing them at half price. And, you know, he's only been open, I think, for about maybe a week. He's got no phones or anything yet, but he's got plastered all over his walls, you know, half price the Valakis, half price this, half price that. And you know what? There were people, you know, ordering. And um, so he was being pretty creative. It's one way to put your business on the map. But um, I suppose the talk's been around um, what are the pubs doing, you know? Like they, how do they survive? I've noticed that um, they've got signs up too that I've seen have got signs up and they're doing takeaway. I mean, that's just un, that's unheard of. 
Well, well, they, I mean, they obviously the, the bar side that have to close because that's part yeah. of the, the whole the closing. Place, so. yeah, yeah, the two that I saw, that it just looks nothing's open. It's just you ring up and you, you get a take, you can come and pick up a takeaway or they deliver to you. Um, but, well, I guess that they, they have to because, I mean, you've got to do something to generate some income. And there, there's, look, there's a fair bit of relief. I mean, I know last time we spoke about this with regards to the commercial tenancies and, and I yeah. know personally I've dealt, have had to deal with probably two or three of my commercial tenants that I manage. Yeah. Um, one good thing that's come out of, of the one of the latest cabinet meetings is that they've introduced a mandatory code of conduct so just to be clear, this doesn't apply for, for residential properties, right? It's, it's, it's just for commercial tenancies, although some of the, some of the principles probably overarch the, um, you know, the residential side. But, but it's really simple. I mean, one of the things that, that um, the Prime Minister said and the Cabinet said is that they want landlords and tenants to, to work things out between them. Yeah. But, you know, there's obviously going to be some landlords that, don't want to budge and that's going to be a problem because now with the new mandatory code of conduct, they, they have to, in fact, my understanding of it and without sort of paraphrasing because I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I've had a quick read through it and it looks like that it's, it's going to be a combination of, uh, well, firstly, there's no evictions, right? So typically in a, in a, a retail situation and the retail lease, if you don't pay the rent, you most leases you can actually lock the door the day after but most of the time to be careful you can serve a notice and that notice is under the the property law act and basically gives them 14 days if they don't pay up they lock the doors change the locks plus resign and it's finished so so that's that's the first thing so just in case you know you have aggressive i guess landlords yes. uh, you cannot be evicted so so there'll be no ability to be locked out for six months that's the first thing but i guess if i um we could look at two things one is a situation i had recently with a tenant um but the first thing is of course you've got to prove hardship right your turnover has to have fallen by uh, i think it's a minimum of 30 yeah, percent yeah but and also i believe my understanding is that the in order to be covered by this mandatory code of conduct, I believe that the tenant has to be able to be eligible for the job uh, job keeper, right? In other words, they have to be employing people. So sort of rules out a few of them. But look, ultimately, the, the principles are that you, well, my understanding is they have to provide a minimum of 50% either waiver, in other words, a straight discount of the rent, Yes. or most often a deferral, which is what I would recommend to my clients, and then push it out so that it's amortised over a minimum of 24 months. So in other words, if they get a reduction, uh, let's, let's use some you know, simple maths. Let's say it's a $10,000 a month lease. Yes. They get a reduction of 50% for the next six months. That's uh, five by six, 30,000. That 30000 has to then be paid back over a minimum of 24 months or added to the lease. So, and, and a lot of thought's got to be given to two things. One is that the landlord can afford to do that, right, because that's that's important part of it. And the other one is that the tenant, when they come out of the COVID crisis, is able to pay back 
right? Because they, if, if they come out of the COVID crisis and they go into financial stress, then it's not going to benefit anybody. So, mm. so I reckon what they've done is they've just put a situation where they must talk. Your tenant and landlord must talk. It forces them into talking. And if they don't come to an understanding, um, then they're forced into mediation. Right, so it's mandatory mediation. So someone else then mediates uh, an independent body, and they try and come up with a with a suitable arrangement. But I don't know how much of that you've heard um, talking to your clients. But um, uh, some, you know, I have a lot of small business people on that. What Max? What about um, if a, a tenant is um, wants to do cut a deal, let's say for six months or while their turnover's down, and just say, look. I want to do it in a different way. I want a percentage off, but I don't want to repay that. You know, you sometimes you'll find that, you know, um, if someone said, oh, look, I just want 30% off for the next three months or six months or whatever, and then go on back to my lease. I mean, that surely can be worked out too if both sides were agreeing to it. Yeah, 100%. Um, in fact, I think one of the last things that was in that um uh, that statement from the Prime Minister was that the parties uh, are able to to find an alternative commercial arrangement yeah. and they don't have to use this formula, right? So you uh, give an example of one of my tenants at the moment. We came up with a scenario whereby, and look, the tenant, this is what you find. If someone's really transparent, when you ask a few questions about how is your business affected, how is your turnover affected, and they, they're up front and they give you that, you're able to come up with a solution that suits most people. I mean, in one, in one case, I had a situation where it was a brand new lease. And when we entered into the lease, in good faith, the landlords provided some really good incentives to help the business grow. So for example, starting low rent and then building it up as they went from year on and year on. Yeah. And so, so we maintained that good faith. But what we did is we, we said, okay, we understand that this is going to be an impact to your cash flow. So let's just defer that down the track to a time at which it's going to be suitable for you and and all parties agree to that but there's a couple of things that are really important to note one is that um that in the commercial tenancy the i believe that you cannot well in the code of conduct you cannot use the security deposit as you can't touch it right yeah. you can't touch it so what the, what the government's saying is that has to stay intact yeah. The other thing is that um, I remember reading that, uh, well, you can't have any any fees, right? So you can't have accrued interest or anything like that, which if you think about it, that let's look at a scenario where the landlord said, you know what, this is going to be tough on me. I've got a mortgage on a property. I've yeah. got to put the mortgage payments on hold yeah. or at least, you know, maybe cut them down. The landlord's actually going to have accrued interest, aren't they, Joe? From my understanding, you wouldn't know this about well, the banking it, industry, it, obviously. It's funny because my understanding is that, yes, that happens. But I did read a piece and I could, don't, I, I'm not too sure, but I think um, what happened was that uh, CBA actually announced it wasn't going to accrue the interest. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. CBA you did announce something. Now, I, um, I, Do you not, remember if that was residential, commercial or both? Uh, I definitely residential, right? I right. don't know okay. about commercial though, but that's something um, we can find out for the next, maybe we can clear up for the next, um, you know, discussion or whatever. But um, there was something like that, yeah, that um, well, I, they were asked and they said they weren't going to. Now, 
Um, well, it just goes to show it's really important for, for our clients, especially yeah. uh, landlords or anyone with mortgages, that they have to speak to their banks and find that out for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess what the point I was alluding to is that if if a landlord has to put on hold their mortgage payments because their commercial tenant has to reduce their rent to half, yeah. you know, on one hand, you know, it's it's sort of not fair that the the landlord has to accrue extra interest and the tenant doesn't have any um, fees or interests on their side. So, look, again, I mean, everyone's encouraged to try and work out a, a mutually agreeable solution because no one wants to have an empty property because once we come out of the coronavirus crisis, obviously trade will start to increase again, um, yeah. you know, and this is on the proviso that the tenant was a good tenant from the start, right? Someone who was, you know, constantly late and always created problems. I mean, perhaps this is a good time to break the lease, right? <laughs> this is a good time to let them out of the lease and maybe find a better, you know, a better tenant uh, post Corona, but in general, I think that you know there are genuine businesses. I mean, anyone in the hospitality industry will be suffering. There's no question, yeah. um, unless unless they were predominantly a a takeaway only business, then of course you know probably isn't affecting them as much. Although I've got to say, you know, let's face it. I mean, we sort of. I know myself. I I go out and buy maybe once a week we'd buy a little bit of takeaway just to actually support the business. Yeah. But if it came down to it, we'd probably say, oh, you know, if we're not going out, we might as well just cook in, in, in house. Right. And so there's no question that many businesses will take, take a bit of a tumble. But um, the other thing to note also is that of course, if, if in the commercial tenancy, if the landlord's getting some benefits like land tax reduction or, um, you know, rates reduction, so on, of course, they've got to pass that on to the, the tenant. Yeah. Although I don't see that being a big problem because, I mean, the tenant pays for the outgoings anyway. So if the outgoings are less, the tenant will pay less outgoings. Yes. So there was no discussion about, because as you know, typically in the commercial lease, you've got your rent plus outgoings. Yes. Uh, there was no discussion whatsoever uh, with regards to reducing or reduction of um, of outgoing. So you know that's it's, it's a bit of a, a, an overview of what is going on there. Essentially, forced into talking. There's a code of conduct. They must talk if they can't arrive to a an acceptable outcome based on the guidelines the government has provided. They then are forced into mediation, and whatever comes out of mediation. Is a is a binding um, agreement on both parties. So oh, look, I know it's funny. I know an agent who does a lot of commercial, and he's, he's spending a lot of time at the moment with uh, with these sorts of problems. Um, and maybe you know, next week we'll we'll have an update and talk a little bit more about the the residential side. But yeah, challenging times, Joe. Challenging times. Yeah, they um, are. yeah, we know that. So. And although it's, it, it seems to me that um, things have settled down a little bit, not settled down, but it seems to be, um, you know, over the last week that people aren't ringing up as much and, and, and inquiring about, you know, where do I do, what do I do? You know, people have seemed to be reading enough, talking enough and, you know, being able to find out uh, enough information now to tell them what's sort of starting to go on, you know, even like what we're talking about, it's being spoken about out there, you know. So, 
Um, I don't think it's like it was, say, a month ago. Certainly not, but um, it's ever-changing, isn't it? Well, I guess I guess people are just um, learning to come to grips with it. The schools now have gone back. This is the second week of school, right? I think secondary schools. Um, I don't know how how your guys are doing uh, online, but I know my youngest. I've got one at uni and one at secondary school. My youngest is certainly um, the secondary school. She's she's loving it. Um, she's getting up. She's getting dressed. You know, doing her hair, jumping online because not yeah. everyone I think is using Zoom. But she's um, certainly adapting quite well. And, and I guess you have to, don't you? I mean, we don't have much of a choice otherwise. How are your kids finding school online? Uh, actually, I think they're not too bad. You know, they're not too bad. I think with um, the older one being doing year 12, uh, she's got no option, you know. I think she understands that I've just got to do it. I've just got to do it, you know. Um, and she understands that everyone else is in the same boat. And the young guy, well, he's doing it too, you know, because I think there comes a time where, you know, they, they just have to do it, you know. And for, they understand what the consequences are. If they don't, they fall behind, you know, because everyone else is doing it. So, yeah, I'm just reading this thing just to go back quickly. Yeah. Um, and it says here... Um, you know, CBA will make payments to support customers who have been granted a six-month deferral to offset interest on interest costs during the six-month period, right? So um, it, it's, you know, it, it tells us that um, uh, which can result in customer payment interest on interest to support. We will make a one-time payment to all customers who are receiving a home loan referral. Okay, so what they're doing there... Uh, will be refunding approximately $45 to offset the effect of interest on interest. So what they're saying is on a $350,000 account, right, they'll make a one-off payment of $45, right, which will stop that interest on interest. They just, because we all know that, you know... Is that for six months? That must be for that period. Be, um, that 45 would, I'd say it'd be like a... Uh, over a six months through funding approximately $45 to offset the effect of interest over a period of six months. So, yeah, that's probably right, actually, because it's the it's the interest on the interest that they don't want to, that they, um, that will be calculated because their systems calculate that, right? So they're refunding, so they, you'll be paying interest of what you owe, right? Later yeah, right. down the track, but you won't be paying interest on the interest. So, yeah, so that... So it's yeah. like an offset offset amount just to cover um, to cover what he's going to be building up anyway. So that's what the CBA have done. So it's like everything. It's like they'll do something and the other bank will do something else. They're not all doing that, but um, then there's also you know you, you've got to calculate what what the you know what the rate is and what the this you know what what else the other banks are doing. So it's. That's ever changing too, you know, and I think the longer it goes, the more those things will change also down the track. So, do you think now is a good time to for some of these to look at refinancing? Well, I'm actually getting quite a few refinancing. I've just actually done one. Funny enough, on Friday, the client rang me up and he said, um, uh, "You know, I just got a call from the." particular bank and they want to keep my business and I told them what rate I was going to get and they said oh 
I will match that and we'll give you some money to stay. And he said, he said, no, I've gone through the whole process of this and they're actually looking after me a bit better than that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a good time to look at. If you've got, if you're in an industry where you, you work, your job's secure, and, all, and there's still a lot of people that are working, of course, and their jobs are, you know, secure in that. If you're... If you've had a home loan for a while, people don't look at their home loans. It's like people don't look at their superannuation statements. They just, they pay them, you know. Mm. Um, but definitely now because everyone is um, scrambling for business and good business too, you know, so it is. It's a great time to, you know, to have a look, you know. Do, do you know, give me a call and I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> give, give you an idea of what's happening out there. Well, I reckon uh, that's probably what we're going to talk about next time, Joe. Maybe look at some refinancing and, and how to set yourself up to succeed in that sort of aspect. Yeah. But, um, look, it's it's been a good chat. Um, I think, you know, we keep um, batting on. We're here to answer any questions. Of course, if uh, if anyone's got any, feel free to email us directly, either Joseph or, or myself, and yeah. we'd be more than happy to answer those on the next podcast. But for now, Joseph, it was great to chat to you. Good to see you again and uh, stay well for the rest of the week. You too. Thanks, Max. Thanks.